SAFM. So today is our Travel Tuesday um, segment and we are going to Japan. And from what I hear, it's very big on manners. So we want to make sure that we are aware of the basic rules, but also inform you about the beautiful temples, the scenery, the infamous street fashion. And so that when you go there, you have the best time ever. So we'll make sure that we prepare you for that. And joining us in studio is the Communications and Social Responsibility Manager for the Travel Corporation. Amanda Hardy. Thank you so much for joining us. So hold on, Amanda. We are just trying to sort out your microphone. Amanda. So we were asking you, why should Japan be on our travel bucket list? It's such an incredible beautiful destination I'm so, and it's, it's one that I was lucky to travel to a couple of years ago and there's so much that it offers that is so different to what we experience in Africa on a day-to-day basis I mean the religion is very very different the culture is very very different and the, the, the landscapes are also different to ours and one of the quirky things I'm going to tell you about which I thought was out of this world when I first got there is that they have very strange toilets <laughs> ah. <laughs> I know this is not necessarily something you'd want to talk about on a travel show mm-hmm. but trust me when you get to Japan you'll be uh, absolutely blown away but just how um, technologically efficient their toilets are they just wow. they play music to you they ah. warm the seats they do all sorts of things and it's just absolutely out of this world it'll throw you without a doubt <laughs> if you're not expecting that so I, but I hope they don't <clears> have <throat> people then hogging the toilets because it's, it's a comfortable space I mean with our public toilets here you just want to do the deed and get out of there exactly <laughs> yeah. look on that note Japan is an exceptionally clean country as well mm. you will never find litter anywhere around Japan if mm. they pick up everything if the cigarette butts it's just mm. incredibly clean everywhere you go it's and magnificent as well so very do, orderly do South African passport hold need a visa? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. But I must tell you, it was one of the easiest visas I've ever had to apply for because I, like all of our South Africans, have the little green mumba, our South African passport, yeah. and have had to apply for visas for everywhere I've traveled to. And it was really a pain-free process. Oh. It would, took a couple of days, went through to the embassy and uh, the consulate in Pretoria, and it cost me 410 rand. It was okay. actually a very inexpensive visa. And when they say the turnaround time is two to three days, they are J- Japanese in their efficiency. Mm-hmm. It, they, they honestly live up to their word, and that, just, that visa was really, really easy to obtain. Yeah. And in terms of travel insurance, is it compulsory um, when you travel there? I don't think it's compulsory, but something like travel insurance is, is, you know, if you can't afford travel insurance, you really can't afford to travel. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, the smallest line item that you'll pay for on your travels. But to be without it is seriously endangering your wallet and your life. So I would highly recommend it. It's not expensive travel insurance in the grand scheme of things. So yes, definitely take travel insurance. All right. We are focusing on uh, Japan on our Travel Tuesday today. And joining us in studio is Amanda Hardy from Travel Corporation. So we'll talk more about this uh, East Asian uh, island nation after the break. Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207. Indeed, call us on that number to talk about uh, your experience of uh, Japan if you have 
been there and uh, if you're planning to go there if you have it on your travel bucket list then do call us if you've got questions for Amanda as well so we've spoken about the visa we've spoken about travel insurance and tell us what's the best time of the year to visit Japan and uh, tell us more about the climate there as well okay yes absolutely the best time I would say to visit Japan is probably in their springtime and they do have a wonderful um, uh, cherry blossom season called Sakura mm. which is very much celebrated by every Japanese person not just in Japan but around the world like for example in Washington you've got a whole streets lined with cherry blossom trees and it's the same in Japan it's it's a, a, absolutely revered so it's beautiful there in springtime I would say it's a little bit chilly in winter mm-hmm. um, and then summer the temperatures are quite quite ex- quite hot so you uh, I was there in August in Hiroshima and the daytime temperatures were anything from 33 to 40 degrees Celsius sure. so nice and toasty lovely mm, wow. lovely and warm but I guess spring then is uh, you know the the temperatures are quite cool and and bearable as well absolutely yeah, yeah. and um so tell us about the manners to keep in mind when oh, traveling yes. to japan etiquette <laughs> etiquette 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 is something that you're going to need to bone up on definitely if you're going to travel to japan the japanese people are incredibly polite mm-hmm. and they do have a set of rules custom you know cultural norms and etiquette that that you would really want to take care of and um, be mindful of and one of the things that i found very very interesting is um, you know the youth of today or a lot of people youngsters wear tattoos yes. and they're very much frowned upon in Japan because the, the tattoo is likened to the criminal underworld or the Yakuza oh. in Japan so if you're in Japan and you go to a hot uh, a hot springs or a spa or a swimming pool they'll either ask you not to come in or they'll ask you to cover up your tattoos sure. that's how frowned upon the tattoos wow. are but I suppose with time and, and, and generational change that might also you know ease up a little bit but you know manners are very very important to mm. the Japanese mm. people so when you and they they're lovely people they're so friendly and warm and welcoming mm. reserved but you know welcoming Ooh, and one yeah. of the things that you would do is just a gentle bow not mm. a deep bow because you don't you know the, to try and learn all the etiquette and cultural norms of the levels of bowing in mm. Japan is a, <laughs> probably a university degree yeah. on its own so yes so you would bow and, and 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 acknowledge the person one of the other things that I found very interesting is the removal of shoes it's not something we tend to do in South mm-hmm. Africa um, if you were going to visit a shrine or a very um, lani restaurant or something like that they might ask you to take your shoes off before you enter mm. and this is perfectly no- normal and don't worry your shoes are not going to get nicked by anyone they <laughs> they will be there when you get back they even have take this shoe thing to the extreme of not wanting you to wear shoes in their public bathrooms so they might have a pair of shoes that you wear when you go into the bathroom mm. so it's quite quite unique so you wear a pair of you take your shoes off and then you wear some, kind of like these slippers and going into the bath public bathrooms and so forth and yeah so it's it's, it's an interest, interesting interesting com- uh, country to visit um sure. One thing I will also say about the dining, you mm. know, we, we, we've got sushi in South Africa and what mm. have you, and we've all mm. learned to kind of master chopsticks. And one of the things that you never do in Japan with your chopsticks is leave them inside the bowl with the sticks ah. sticking up. So how do you, how do you, after you've had your meal? How? After you've had your mm. meal or in between bites, you should either take your chopsticks and put them on the little stand, which mm. your chopsticks are normally rest on next to your bowl, mm. or you should lay them parallel across your bowl, but never in your bowl. 
So that's another little etiquette trick there. Okay. So let's talk about the tipping culture as well because oh, yes. countries, different countries have different um, uh, tipping cultures. Should we tip at restaurants in Japan? Because it can get quite confusing and embarrassing when you don't know what to do. Japan is one of those countries where tipping is not expected. In mm-hmm. fact, they discourage it completely. Uh-huh. So if you leave a tip, they will often run after you and give you your money back. They don't encourage it at all. Why is that? Do you know? Um, I'm not entirely sure why they don't inc- you know, to encourage it. It's just the way that they have always been brought up in their form of hospitality. Mm. You know, that you've paid for the hospitality by paying for your meal and being gracious and, and observing their cultures. But they don't, don't approve of tipping at all, which is quite unusual. I think it's probably the only place on earth that does that. Yeah. And I mean, we've become quite accustomed to talking about food and restaurants, um, sushi rolls here in South Africa. Does Japanese cuisine stretch beyond that? Oh, What else yes. is there to try oh when my you're goodness. there? The food in Yum. Japan is <laughs> And we'll be having a, a chef. Outstanding. We'll be having a chef um, later, so I'm looking forward to oh, that. But yeah, tell us about that. You're going to be treated. Mm. Yes. Sushi and sashimi is probably what we recognize in South Africa as Japanese food, mm-hmm. but there's a range of other things that you can eat in Japan. Uh, ramen is their, their noodle bowls, mm-hmm. and um, tempura is like we we also get that a lot yes. here in South Africa. So like deep fried vegetables with a very light batter. Uh, when I was in in Hiroshima, one thing that we definitely tried out, which was amazing, was okonomiyaki, and okonomiyaki is. Uh, like a regional f- uh, food type that you would find in all over Japan, but it specializes in Hiroshima. And basically it's a giant pancake stroke pizza made out of eggs Yum. and they cook it in front of you <laughs> and they add all this deliciousness to you and there's so much pump and ceremony wow. behind it. It's just too divine. Amanda, just hold it that there. We've got Mike from Centurion on the line. Mike, good afternoon. Yes, how are you, ma'am? I'm very, very well. I'm good. I would just like to contribute just a little bit with my experience in Japan. Mm. I was only able to go to Osaka and Hiroshima. Yes. The place, this, the, 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 the place is beautiful, wow. mainly surrounded by water. Um, the road network there was amazing. You know, it's bridges all over the place. Mm. And I agree with Amanda. I, I mean, with, with, with the toilet, yes. That was a little bit unfamiliar to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I'm sure it was quite nice just to experience clean toilets, eh? Yes, yeah. very much so. Very much so. Mm. And uh, in Osaka, you, you would find there is this huge shopping shopping complex, which is kind of covered all over underground. You just use like a tube train mm-hmm. to go into the shopping into the shopping center. And then there is that huge aquarium there where you are able, literally, you find yourself living with the sharks, you know, in a huge wow. club. But it was good. I mean, the the, 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 the song that you started with on Hiroshima, mm-hmm. it really reminded me of the sadness that I saw when I, we were taken through the museum there. They still have a huge clock on the ground with sure. flowers. Mm. That depicts the exact time that the the bomb was dropped on mm. on that city. Wow, wow, Mike! And how long ago was that, Mike? How long ago it did was, you go? I, I think it was in twenty thirteen, mm. mm. and that was around around um, May. And and the funny stuff when you go to a, a, a train station, right? Mm-hmm. And and and, and um, 
you 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 when when you you, you 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 find that when you go out of the station it's raining. You just pick up an umbrella there and go. And wow. then at your next destination you drop it there. Somebody will pick it up and and so on. It's a country that works, hey. And and what was your experience of the Japanese people? Yeah, they are very good. I mean, very well mannered. You know, <laughs> if you go into that fast train, mm. um, the the guard that comes in there every time he he enters that that door, he will bow down. You know, to wow. to, to to greet you. Mm. And if he exits, he will first have to turn back, turn back, and bow back again before he goes out. So everything they do, they bow. Everything. Mm. It's a sign of respect there as well. Mike, thank you so much for calling us and, um, you know, um, letting us know of your experience with, with Japan. That was such an awesome story, isn't it? All right, after the break, we'll talk some more about Japan and uh, carry on with the conversation we're having about food and also find out how much it costs because, hey, everything that's good costs money. So stay with us. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.5 FM in Tabazimbi. And uh, it's SAFM Life Happens. If you've just joined us, say uh, you just in time for Travel Tuesday. And we have Amanda Hardy from Travel Corporation in studio. And today we are focusing on on Japan and uh, that call from Mike was wonderful it isn't was it fantastic. just to, yeah mm. just to hear of his experience of Japan so um let's get into the sightseeing in Japan so if it's your going there for your first time what are uh, the places to visit more especially if you're going there for the first time well definitely if you're mm. in Tokyo you'd want to go down to the Harajuku district because that's the big fashion district where you see all those gorgeous Japanese boys and girls dressed in really funky clothing ah. um just outside Tokyo also you get Mount Fuji, which is a beautiful conical-shaped mountain which is almost takes religious proportions in Japan. It's really exquisite, and it's usually covered in snow all year round. Wow. Um, I traveled to Hiroshima earlier um, in, in 2016, as I mentioned earlier, and what you would see in Hiroshima besides um, you know, the A-bomb dome is uh, the Tori Gates, which is the Ichikazama um, memor- uh, shrine, which is on Miyajima Island. Now, Miyajima Island is so cute. You go across on a ferry and you mm-hmm. see the beautiful Tori gates. Now, the Tori gates are just a representation for the Shinto religion where you're going from the mundane to the, you know, the religious experience. So you're going from old world to new world or, or you know, your everyday to your religious spiritual mm-hmm. experience. And then on the island of Miyajima, they have all these little deer running around. Mm-hmm. They are completely protected and they have no manners whatsoever. If you've got something in your hand, they'll come and nibble it out of your hand. I, <laughs> I had one take a, try and take a nibble out of my camera case and thought, well, that's not going to be edible. But back to Hiroshima and the one thing that people really do have global knowledge of and um, memory of Hiroshima is the A-bomb dome Mm. and the fact that the first um, atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima in 1945. Mm. And yes, Mike, your caller earlier also spoke about going to Hiroshima and it, it it 
it, it is kind of a tragic thing to go mm. and witness, but at the same time, it's very positive because they have a peace memorial there mm. with a flame, an eternal flame that burns 24-7, sure. which will burn until the, the, the threat of nuclear warfare or nuclear disaster is mm. minimized worldwide. So that's that's a positive thing. So it's incredible to think that, uh, you know, what's, what's 75 years ago nearly mm-hmm. that um, that that city was razed to the ground yeah. in split seconds by a little a, a 4000 yeah. kilogram bomb you know mm. it's just mm. an, unreal mm. and that's what people will always remember of Hiroshima and one of the questions that I get asked often when I tell people that I've traveled there is well mm. is it safe to travel mm-hmm. there surely mm-hmm. it's radioactive mm. and mm. you're going to come back with you know like <laughs> change genes or something like that it's not radioactive anymore it's no more radioactive than what the normal radioactivity is in any given place or time mm-hmm. um, and that's purely the nature of an atomic bomb it's not the same as uh, you know an atomic um, radio um, what do we call those power stations mm. that are powered by radioactivity? Not the same at, at all. So yes, very safe place to travel to and amazing. So one thing, when you go to a place, obviously you need accommodation. And let's yes. talk about the accommodation and the um, options that one has when one is there. There are a, run, a number of things that you can do accommodation-wise. The hotels are absolutely exquisite. They're beautiful. But there's one thing that the Japanese do very well, and that's called a ryokan. Mm-hmm. And that's what they would call a little inn, you know, so so little bed and breakfasts and you'll find them all over the countryside and they are really worthwhile for a stay in overnight if you're traveling around the countryside mm. uh, think of it as an air an airbnb kind of scenario uh-huh. for 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 japan but on a more uh, formalized basis and you wouldn't sleep on a bed in a ryokan you'd sleep on a tatami mat which is if you looked at all the pictures of what Japan's all about, you know, those beautiful um, screens between the rooms and everything else. And the, the mats are lovely soft tatami mats, which are made out of, I think, reeds and what have you. So, yes, a very traditional experience that mm. you'd have in a ryokan. It's definitely one to look out for. Mm. Other things that you can look forward to in uh, Japan are, are visiting what they call an onsen, which is, for your purposes and mine, uh, mm. a spa. Uh. <laughs> but a spa with a difference in that um, you um, you go there to have a bath, but at the, you actually shower beforehand, mm-hmm. and it's a ritual kind of bath thing where you're actually just soaking in these beautiful mineral waters that come up from the hot springs and things like that. And the Japanese absolutely love going to the onsens. Wow. Let's talk about the Japanese um, currency as compared to ours because to the, that, yeah. that also determines the affordability of, of the trip. It definitely does. Now, Japan is not a cheap country to travel to, I'm afraid. It's very worthwhile traveling to. But the yen to the rand, um, you know, most recent one that I've looked up is 100 yen will cost you 13 rand 60 something or other. And that almost sounds like it's in our favor, but Mm -hmm. it's not when you consider the affordability ratio. So for argument's sake, um, some things are very inexpensive. You go and visit the Hiroshima um, Atomic Peace Memorial, Mm -hmm. it will cost you about 30 rand. It's about 200 yen. But then again, you know, a a very nice zhuzhi dinner will cost Mm -hmm. you about four or 5,000 yen. Mm -hmm. So you put that in perspective. It's not necessarily a cheap destination, Mm -hmm. but it is a very worthwhile destination. And I mean, for for somebody who um, works in in a travel corporation, for mm. example, mm. Um, how much would perhaps one need 
to uh, budget for just for for weeks trip for example taking into consideration flights accommodation and maybe spending yeah. money of course what we do at the travel corporation is we have um, guided guided holidays which is also a very good option for someone traveling to Japan given that you have a guide with you all the time yes. someone who speaks the language because unfortunately not a lot of people in Japan do speak English so you always need going to need someone to spot, smooth the pathways and with the guided holidays well they give you your accommodation your your um, getting around the countryside your trips on the bullet train a lot of meals a lot of your sightseeing so we have a, a, a cost saver package um, called Japan discovery which is 10 days in Japan which includes your breakfast every day your accommodation your transfer transfers around um, all those great things and it's uh, comes in at 46,000 Rand and some change mm-hmm. and then on top of that you'd need to budget for a flight which will probably be depending on how, when you book it between 10 and 15,000 Rand I flew on Cathay Pacific to via Hong Kong and then onwards directly into Hiroshima so the connections are actually quite good from South Africa so yes there are a range of, of pricings that you can have a look at Amanda it's been great um, having you in studio I mean talking Thank about you, this amazing place it's definitely not a cheap um, you know um, a trip but I think some things in life some experiences one needs mm. to to save for hey exactly. yeah, yeah 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 I guess so so that was a travel Tuesday feature and Amanda Harding from uh, travel corporation joined us and how can we get in touch with you again you're welcome to call us on um, Johannesburg code 011-280-8400 or you can hop onto any of our websites trafalgar.com costsavertravel.com kontiki.com there's a whole range of, of where of we can reach you where you can reach us thank Thanks. you so much for joining us thank you it's always a pleasure seeing you and uh, after the break we'll be talking about Japanese cuisine so stay with us here on Life Happens it's 2 o'clock in time for the news